Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Joining us is one of our favorite guests. He is Mark Harmon from Core Ice. Mark, welcome back to the Fish House Nation. Thanks, Chris. Welcome to 2021, and I am so happy to be on this side of the yeah <laughs> the calendar right now. We are here, but uh, sometimes it's uh, jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. Uh, the right. time I had you on the show, we discussed reasons why you should buy a fish house in the summer. We told people to buy early, and it looks like that was really, really good advice. What was the fish house market like this year? You know... Um, this is a conversation that I've had, uh, I would say at the bar with people, but they, those have been closed. So this has been kind of the, uh, you know, the cocktail conversation, you know, what is it like, you know, and the, the world went like this. We got shut down with most every manufacturer for three months of the year. So we lost 25% of our production. And then the old toilet paper analogy of the frenzy of buying began, you know, even though there was never a shortage of toilet paper, people saw the toilet paper leaving the shelves, so they have to buy everything. Then it goes on to the next stop. Well, early this summer, it's like a switch turned like in the middle, early July, and people realized that, oh my gosh, you couldn't go buy a boat if you wanted one. You couldn't buy an ATV if you couldn't buy, you know, if you wanted one, an RV you name it, outdoor recreation became like the hottest commodity in Minnesota and the surrounding states as well. And people looked at those fish houses like it's the last roll of toilet paper and they went after them and they attacked them. Uh, and our dealers were behind on their inventory naturally. You know, although there was a fair amount of carryover, everybody had carryover. So, you know, it wasn't completely at a loss, but we went from... 25% miss, 25% of our inventory was missing. And then the calendar started buying about 25% ahead of schedule, which started us out basically a half a year behind. Uh, and that half a year behind that we're sitting at right now, uh, and it's not exclusive to court. I think this is all manufacturers. Uh, you know, that half a year behind is gonna take two and a half or three years for anybody to really recover. And that doesn't matter if it's like, you know, a Polaris. It doesn't matter if it's a Lund. It doesn't matter what boat it might be. Uh, it's all of the fish houses. And heck, my daughter and I were at Kohl's a couple weekends ago. And not to name drop a store. You know, obviously not sponsored by Kohl's. <laughs> but we're at the store. And, you know, of course, two days before basketball season starts, you know, oh, I forgot I need basketball socks. And there's only a specific brand that she wants. Well, we go up there and we start looking around at the store and it looked like 20% of their shelves were missing. So this whole American, I don't know, I don't know, maybe that's a terrible term, but this American privilege of being able to go out to the store and buy whatever the heck you want to whenever you want to, those days are going to be a while before we see those back. So just like we're talking about, maybe it was back in the spring, you know, when, when should you start buying? You know, I, I would tell you then, I'm sure it's, I said it then, the proactive person is going to have their fish house bought in June or July, making their decisions in May and April. And really, there's some good chance that if you want to be on the ice, I know we haven't even got off the ice yet, but if you want to be on the ice with something that's going to be customized to your liking, 
it's not going to be unreasonable for people to hear six months pretty soon. So if you want something for hunting and you want to get it set up in October, you may want to have that thing purchased by March, you know, or at least in the process and in the works by March. And that's no joke. You know, it's, and I, I don't, again, I don't think that's just a core ice thing. I, I think that that's uh, nationwide and I think it's outdoor recreation. And you know what? You don't have to believe me. And, and you'll be the one that's calling. What do you mean? And I got these calls over the last couple of weeks. Are you guys still in business? Are you still manufacturing fish houses? Yeah. It's just as soon as they come, either they're already spoken for or they have five people that they can call on that list. And, you know, people, people called me in December. You know, what's the best deal I can get on a fish house? I'm like, look, I'll tell you, the one that's right in front of you. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> if you say no, somebody else is saying yes. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's great. You know, my, my, my biggest fear in a market like this is that your support staff, your sales staff, are they going to get used to this world of like, hey, either buy it or it's gone? You know, hopefully we're still doing our jobs of building value in the product. Hopefully we're still doing our job of, walking you through and identifying, you know, what is your fishing style, Chris? I mean, what, what, are you more of a skid guy? Are you more of a toy hauler? Are you camping more? You know, hopefully we're still as an industry going through and analyzing and finding out professionally, you know, what is your true usage? What are your aspirations for it? And pairing you with what the right model is, you know? So, my, my hope is that that doesn't go away uh, and we really do our due diligence to service our customers properly on the value building side, but also, you know, the follow-up and everything else, you know, that's great too. But yeah, it's a good timing. It's a great business, this outdoor recreational world to be in right now. Yeah, that was, that was my next question. Right now, it's an awesome time to be in this business. Whatever you make is going to sell. You can go to any dealer and say, hey, do you want this? And everybody's going to say yes because they know they can sell it. But right. challenges that come with what's happening right now, I'm sure it's, it's not all roses. There are, there are things on the back end that you have to deal with. Tell us, some about, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that come with having a year like we're having this year. Well, I mean, certainly there were challenges in 2020 when we had that time period that uh, we were shut down, right? Uh, you know, and trying to figure out what that is. We did some stuff where we pivoted, um, you know, core, ice is what the focal point is of this show and what our relationship is with catch cover and in the ice fishing community but core is really the second half of what our uh, mothership company name is and that's intella core then we have core ice and then we pivoted into a product called core pro uh, we're making more professional construction type trailers you know the the uh, laboratory, shiny, you know, bright, sterile environment that some people had that initial recognition of core ice beam. We integrated that stuff into a fiber optic splicing trailer, uh, and that's taking off nicely for us. So it allowed us to pivot and diversify our manufacturing portfolio. Uh, we also are starting to gain some traction in the world of uh, ice fishing and outdoor recreation where we have other people coming to us and asking to buy our composite panels. And, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with black hole fish houses, they use our floor. Uh, we build the floor for black hole. We build the floor in the ceilings for Legend Outdoors. 
And now there's a series of skid house uh, companies that are coming out or they've been around, but now they're changing over their specs from studded aluminum uh, and spray foam to a very fine polished type unit like what we have. And that would be like Lethal Outdoors and that would be Profab, also known as Ice Cave. And that would be Legend Outdoors is coming out with their um, their skid house version as well. And so you're starting to see our product exist on different lots in a broader, faster spectrum. So we're manufacturing our panels for that. And then there's a whole world of teardrops and square drop campers and this outdoor rugged recreational thing. And they usually always comment about that video that we have on YouTube about the 70 mile an hour rollover. And I think we've talked about that before. Uh, and you know, that, that's fascinating. It's an anomaly. And once you get outside of the bubble of Minnesota and you tell somebody that you put a truck out on the ice, you know, their minds explode. <laughs> it's like, what? What if the sun comes out? You know, it's like, it doesn't work that way. You know, they have bonfires on the ice. What? what? You know, you'll fall through. No, that's not how it works either, you know. And But yeah, so I mean, the challenges though currently that we're experiencing. I mean, so the challenges for us have been opportunities for us to diversify and grow. The challenges that we're gonna see, just like the consumer can't get that off the shelf product, as a manufacturer having units that uh, may, you know, it's possible, Chris, if you ordered an RV unit, you wanted to have it by the 4th of July, we may, have that come to you and it's not just us with an iou for an air conditioner or an awning you know the supply chain is broken uh and i talked to another friend of mine who is a you know the national rep for another fish house uh company i won't say their name we were talking and he said he has customers call him up hey this isn't the picture of the stove that i saw on your website how come we don't have that he's like we can't guarantee what that stove might be you know, the fact is you got a stove, right? yeah. now you should be happy, you know, and it's, you know, and that's not, that's not the foot that we want to put forward with inconsistencies in our models and our stuff. But, you know, hey, you, you look at, you can look at 2020 any way you want to. You may even resign yourself to saying that we are sitting, if today is July 15th, well, then maybe perhaps it's really December 46th of 2020, <laughs> <laughs> but you know there's going to be challenges in supply there's going to be challenges uh in manufacturing uh and you know that it might be a culture of ious for stuff i know uh polaris was selling north stars a couple of years ago with ious for air conditioners and furnaces and you know little things like that and you know what that was okay people could accept that in the market you know just get it to me at some point so i hope I hope that uh, the culture of purchasers and the culture of people that are in the market buying understand it's not a lack of professionalism. The professionalism is actually, we're being honest and saying this is coming. We just don't have it yet. You know, so what level are you willing to accept this trailer? Because it's not our intent. And us holding out units, whether it's us or any other manufacturer, People need to understand and recognize we don't make money until we actually sell it. So it doesn't do us any good to hold this stuff back, right? It's not the business plan. So yeah, so those those are the challenges. Yeah, we uh, we got some new patio doors put in this fall, and they they came about two months late, 
And then when they got here, they did not have screen doors, and I still don't have screen doors. So, and then, so well, the good news is you don't need them this time of year. <laughs> so it, it's it's all over the place, and it kind of actually leads into my next question. It's something you know I'm sure you're on ice fishing Minnesota. I'm on ice fishing Minnesota. You see all the all the sure. people talking on there, and there's a lot of people that can't believe they go to the store and they can't get what they want. And the thing I keep seeing is. This year couldn't have been an easy year to, easier year to forecast. And I keep telling them, no, this is like the worst year to forecast. And it's probably going to be worse because, like you said, you can't get the things that you want. And maybe the things that you typically get, the prices have gone up a lot too. Uh, the suppliers that you guys get from, the prices have gone up a lot. Um, how difficult do you think it's going to be forecasting for the next one, two, three years coming out after this? You know, it's – there's two kinds of people in this world. There's people who are reactionary and there's uh, reactionary to circumstances. And then there's people who are just proactive. Uh, and I think you're going to see a separation in the herd of the ones that are proactive, that work on stuff, that try to create A, the right expectation, uh, B, a good line of communication throughout that expectation process uh, and, you know, people who can execute on delivery without creating a big tussle, you know, and then you're going to see ones that are like, you know what, fine, go buy this instead, you know, and people will call me and I'm on the manufacturer level, you know, who, who, who's your best dealer for us to go talk to? And I typically give the same answer. And that answer is, you know, you need to feel out your relationships with different people. We've already vetted them all out. We like them all. We all, we choose to do business with these people. Ultimately, the person that you buy from should be the person that you feel most comfortable calling when you're in that vulnerable spot where you need help, right? So that that's where you should make your decisions based on relationships. I, I think the whole world is about relationships, but you know, going back to uh, that question. Hmm. Yeah. I think expectations are everything. And, and if you, if you're ahead of the game and we're planning and we're talking about forecasting, um, I'm actually sitting here with my notes. I'm in my office. I've got my chicken scratch and my notes and I'm planning out our factory. We, we, the walls are going up on our factory right now. The question is how much more square footage do we need to put on this summer? Do we need to move into our space and find that out? Should we wait? Should we not? And we're constantly working out this equation of, you know, are we going too fast? Are we going too slow? And as I'm looking at my dealers going into the following season, I know that they're already set. And I already have people staging going into the following year. And I'm really looking at who are our dealer group going to be as we increase our volumes? Do we increase the volumes of our current dealers? Do we also spread out? And the answer is yes, both, right? And I'm really, I am, I am planning my 23-24 year right now on how do we accomplish those goals. So I'm not saying that my method is the best, but I'm gonna feel the best going through that because at least I'm working a plan. Um, you know, anyway, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I think, I think you're gonna find, I, I do think that there's gonna be a shakeout of some market share in this ice fishing business. And I think that uh, the more, 
structure that there is within the organization is gonna become more and more apparent as time goes on. Because even the largest manufacturer uh, of fish houses, uh, I talked to one of their guys in supply, we're chit-chatting, the reality is we all use the same kind of supply inventory that comes out of the uh, RV industry, for the most part. We all have our own unique stuff, we make our own doors and da 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 but there's a lot of that stuff that comes out of the same 12 volt propane gas portable world. We'll call it the RV industry if you want to. If you combine every fish house manufacturer, lump them all together, we're a teeny tiny fish in that entire world. And we don't have the leverage, you know? I mean, we, it's, so it's about, again, it goes right back to those relationships, you know, how do you want? This is, this is probably a very boring conversation for people who want to know fishing tips. However, this is the inside of the manufacturer right. of mine, or at least mine of Mark Harmon right now. No, I, I, think it's, I think it's fascinating. And it's something and that's, I was actually going to say at the end of this conversation is that, you know, I love talking to you because you always give us a peek behind the curtain. And, and a lot of people are not willing to do that. So and I think it's really uh, educational for a lot of people to kind of see how this works. And, and at least for me, I, I'm always interested in business. I, you know, I love watching those types of TV shows and see processes and how things are done. And I think a lot of the people that are, that are doing what we do enjoy listening to this too, just because it's, you know, if you're an ice fisherman or an ice angler, you, you analyze things and you, you try to figure out a better way to oh, do it. Yeah. Thing. I mean, think about how many homemade things you see on the ice. I mean, that's that's someone who's been thinking about a better way to build a mousetrap for, you know, they've got nine months to think about how to do things. <laughs> and they, right, yeah. So. Well, right. And, and I think that, and I think that, you know, there's kind of a thing too in manufacturing and also you'll see this in homemade houses. Uh, and I'm not picking on anybody in particular. I think it's just humans. Most of us only can take, most of us can only take things to the 10 yard line. Very few can get through that red zone and get the job done, that closure. You know, I, I saw a lot of people over years when I was on the retail side of fish houses and they'd talk up, boy, I got this traded. Boy, it's good. I've made it all myself. Oh, it's got a redwood floor. Whatever the case may be, you know, with all these unique features, they show up and are like, well, when it's finished, it's going to have. And, you know, and, 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 and that's really the trick. You know, I mean, as a father, I talk to my kids, like anybody can have good intentions, but being able to drive that to close is really the thing, you know, and, you know, accomplishing these things is about you, right? It's, it's not so much about anybody else. And, you know, I don't know, you talk, talk. Ideas are cheap. It's all about execution. Yeah, that's right. That's what, what but I think I, th I think if you peek behind the curtain a lot, you'd realize that between myself and my partners, the lights are typically not off. We 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 put in so many hours into this project, uh, and you know we we have worries. We worry that you know do our our worries are are we meeting the expectations that we're setting? You know, and I I think we are meeting those, and we're really trying, uh, and. Uh, you know, we care. We care about a lot about our customers' experience. Um, you know, maybe that's we're a smaller company that wants to be big, and we know that that reputation and that uh, makes a difference. But I, I'll go right back to it. it's about relationships, and our relationship with our product translates to the relationship that our product has with our consumer, and that that's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, let's talk consumer experience. As as you're well aware, and really everything we've talked about up till now has been 
about how all these fish houses have been flying out the door. You drive right. slots and they're empty right now. So that's just yep. one thing is that there's a lot of new people out there on the ice with their fish house for the first time. What mm -hmm. is the best advice to people who are getting out on the ice for the first time with these new users? What's kind of the thing that, that you think that they should take in their mind before they head out and do what they're going to do? I think when you get on these forums and you see people say that they say this common uh, Larry and Ticer quote, just send it. That's sarcasm, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what? <laughs> you don't want to send it. Now, and you know what? You, this is this is kind of the this is kind of dark matter for me, you know, because I'm an Eagle Scout, you know, so my layers of preparation <laughs> go deep. Uh, I joke with my friends. There's a fine line between being a prepper and just being prepared, right? <laughs> and <laughs> uh, you know, I and mean, it's not uncommon for me to take an extra propane tank out in my truck. It's not uncommon for me to take a buddy heater out just in case. And I think the further, you know. I'll give you an example. There is a guy that called me up uh, and he's wanting to buy one of our skid houses, uh, you know, our hybrid skid house wheelhouse. You know, so I want to buy a 6515 ST and I'm going to take it up to the bush. So he's up in Canada. We call it the wilderness. We call it the woods, whatever. They always call it the bush. He goes, I'm going to take this thing up the bush and I'm going to be following the pipeline trails and I'm going to be going out 20 kilometers. He goes, are you going to guarantee me that this experience is going to go well? I said, hell no, I'm not, man. I said, if you're going 20 or 20, he said 20 clicks. I said, if you're going 20 clicks out into the bush, if you're going five clicks, if you're going like a thousand, you know, it doesn't matter how far you're going. There's a certain level that when you're dealing with equipment and you're dealing with motors, you know, on your tow vehicle and you're dealing with stuff you you need to be prepared you know i mean it's uh it's it's not a lightweight game you know it there's there's a lot to it even a guy who's going out in a portable um you know if if you and i chris were going to go out we're going to head back into the boundary waters let's say where we have to use hand augers uh although we can bring our electronics that have batteries on them we can't bring a auger that has a drill with a battery on it for some odd reason that's just a no-no for the dnr and hopefully you know so uh without getting into that thing but let's say that we're going out we would be foolish not to bring a second auger if we're gonna hike out there on snowshoes for two days you know mm -hmm. we gotta think you know water might be in abundance with snow and there's certain survival things that we don't have to take for granted but, you know, I mean, just, it's kind of good, what I would consider common sense, you know, I think it's a good idea to make sure that, you know, you start your generator before you go. If you're going to have a generator as part of your application, know how that works. You know, know that, know that your batteries are topped off. Know that your battery has not frozen out before. I think, I think the education of how a deep cycle battery works in a fish house is way too taken for granted. Uh, you know, if, if that battery is at 12 volts, it's basically at 50% of where it needs to be. You know, when you charge up that battery, it's 13.7, 13.8. And once it hits 10, that thing's toast. And if you, if you drop that battery below 10, uh, you probably have done significant damage to that battery and it's not going to charge back up. Well, shoot, people will run those batteries till they're dry, you know, and 
uh, that's not good, you know. I mean, and I think that there's some learning curve stuff. And we put all the stuff in our owner's manual, but I think people fail to real, read the owner's manual. You can give people all the information you want to, Chris. That doesn't mean they'll take it. Right. Um, you know, it's that expectations thing. But I, you know, when you, if I was going to go out for a first time in a wheelhouse, let's say, I would make sure that my gen, I would bring a generator to make sure that I can maintain and support my uh, battery and make sure that that thing is working just fine, or have a couple deep cycle batteries with an expectation to know that there's a certain time limit before those batteries no longer work. So you have to have a constant, you have to have an energy plan. You'd want to make sure that you have enough propane to get out there. And if you're looking at temperatures of minus 20 or minus 30, you might want to figure out some kind of way to keep some thermal energy going on your propane tank, whether it's a, a heat magnet or something to keep those things going. We've had a mild winter so far this year. But as soon as it's minus 30, I guarantee every fish house manufacturer's phones just light up. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong? Well, your propane's cold. That's how this works, you know. And um, you know, so there's there's things like that, and you know, I don't know, duplicates, backups of different things. You certainly wouldn't go out with one fishing lure. Uh, you certainly wouldn't go out with one minnow. You certainly wouldn't go out with one fishing rod. You know, just what if you break the tip or something like that? You know, mm -hmm. so duplication is good, uh, and probably even taking a step back even further is letting know, people know. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on Ice Fishing Minnesota the other day, but there's a lady who said that her husband was off the access point trying to come out to the fish house. It was a whiteout and he got lost and she was very scared and he was scared too because they couldn't find each other. Okay. On that, and that happens. I don't care how experienced you are out there. It's easy to find a light on shore and head towards it. It's very difficult to come back out to the middle of the lake and find it. You know, you get on red or you get on Lake of the Woods. It's, it's probably not a great idea. And I know I've done this in my videos, going out on these big lakes by myself. So I'm sort of a hypocrite, but um, you should let people know when you're leaving and when you're coming back. Uh, and if you're not doing those things, I think you're putting yourself at risk. You know, I mean, you can go out and have a good time, do whatever you want to do, but it's never a bad idea to let people know when you're coming home. Because uh, if you're not there at that point, mm, that could be a big difference between what happens in the next six months to your lives for you and your family. You know what I mean? Is that too scary? Is that too dark? But uh, I think it's, I think it's good. I think a lot of things, you know, just for me, actually being, you know, a, a pretty new, new to this whole game is, uh, you know, just actually practice in your, in your driveway. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. A trial run is great. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, kind of go through everything and, and, uh, see what you're missing and what you don't have. Just stay overnight in your driveway, practice putting that thing down and putting it back up and, and, and see what, what you don't have in the house. Uh, just stay overnight in the driveway is a good, a good way. So then if things go poorly, you can always just walk into your house and everything is like, uh, right. Yeah. Good right. Idea what you don't have. I mean, I, I might've been too far down the path of experience to remember those uh, initial fundamentals, but you know, that, that makes sense. You know, before you go on a camp out, maybe it's a good idea to set up the tent in the backyard to make sure you know how to put it up before you get there. Yep, uh, yep. You know, make That's... sure you have all your stakes, make sure you have all your poles. You know, it's, a, it's the same kind of thing. And, you know, I, I think when people spend a lot of money, the expectation is that it should be turnkey and everything mm -hmm. should function and work because, 
I paid enough money that it should function and work. Well, let me tell you, that piece of machinery doesn't owe you a thing. You owe it to yourself to prepare yourself to know how to adapt and work with the equipment you have because it doesn't think. It's, you know, it's cause and effect. Well, Mark, uh, I wrote a bunch of questions for this interview and we got to about half of them. Um, (laughs) We've been going a long way. That's kind of, you know, that's the beauty. Sometimes I interview people and we run out of questions and sometimes we interview people and uh, we don't get to all of them, but uh, I want to respect your time and uh, let you go. But it was, it's always fun talking to you. You you always uh, answer questions thoroughly. And like I said, give people a peek behind the curtain once in a while of what's kind of what it's all about to be in this business and do these type of things. So I really appreciate you coming on and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your ice season. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.